This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome to the Unknown Regions, where a Star Wars-focused podcast brings you a variety of different content, such as the latest news, film, novel, and comic reviews, and connections with the people in the galaxy. This podcast aims to deliver fresh content to your comm link from the Holonet. This is Star Wars by MRC Tech. Episode 24, everyone, and welcome to Star Wars by the MRC Tech. I am your host, Sean, and we are happy to have you as we travel through the unknown regions. We're recording on June 22nd, 2020, and here's what's coming up on episode 24. Episode 24 looks to be a quick-hitting episode as we cover our hyperspace spot. We have some news as it comes to the new LEGO Saga game. We've got... Episode 1 Racer has been rescheduled for release soon. And then we have an interesting article about how a school is adopting a quote-unquote Star Wars technology. And our second segment of the podcast will be reading the stars with our quick review of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate, written by Zareda Cordova. We'll then give our live-ish reaction to... Light of the Jedi Chapter 1 has been released on IGN.com. Looking forward to reading that. And then we're going to take an outlook on the upcoming uh, projects in the literature space. So, a quick and easy episode to get you through your week. This is Episode 24. And if you're new to the podcast or you need a reminder, you can support the podcast through just listening. That's amazing. In just the past three weeks, our listenership is on the rise. Big thanks to the Red 5 Network. Big thanks to my friend Ben for coming on last week. It is one of our top episodes that we've ever put out. So thank you very much for the listen. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for uh, coming on back. You can always head over to mrctechllc.com for any information on tech services, podcasting, or live streams. And if you like live streams, like the one you might be listening to now, come on out and join me on Twitch where we record the podcast, build Legos, and play video games all live. Twitch.tv backslash mrctech. Make sure you follow the channel like the page, follow me on Instagram at the MRC Tech. Join the chat and have some fun. Big shout outs to Gingerbread Beauty, who is an OBS expert. Dave GT52 for coming to the stream late. And a special quick appearance by Temp, who got a lovely gifted sub from Ginger. So without further ado, let's hop on into our hyperspace spot. Ready? Punch it. 
In today's hyperspace spot on episode 24, we've got three newsworthy articles to go over real quick, starting with this one. Ten. Count them. Ten Lego Star Wars sets announced feature Skywalker Saga download codes. Wait a second. What are you talking about? Star Wars has revealed ten physical Lego Star Wars sets that feature in Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, some of which will unlock content in the upcoming game for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Announced by StarWars.com, the sets, just like Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, span all nine films and feature some of the most iconic moments, characters, and vehicles in Star Wars history. These sets, will be, uh, which will be released on September 1, 2020, include the Lego Star Wars Advent Calendar, the 501st, Legion Clone Troopers, Anakin's Jedi Interceptor, Armored Assault Tank, Knights of Ren Transport Ship, General Grievous's Starfighter, AT-AT, Death Star Final Duel, Resistance ITS Transport, and the Razor Crest, complete with Baby Yoda. You can see each set in the slideshow below. Make sure you check it out on IGN.com. Uh, in our hands-on preview i'm sorry some of these figures and vehicles will already appear in lego star wars the skywalker saga but some sets lego star wars advent calendar death star final duel resistance its transport and the razor crest include a code that will unlock special content so you best damn well be sure i'll be getting all four of those sets because i have to lego star wars the skywalker saga will be released on playstation 4 xbox one pc and nintendo switch on october 20th 20 20. I already pre-ordered the Razor Crest many, 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 many months ago, but now we see each one of these sets, so I'll give you my quick impressions of them. I was never really into the advent calendars, but I'll probably end up buying this one because my daughter's getting a little older. I think it'll be something exciting for her to do each day as we uh, lead on up to Christmas. The 501st, uh, legion of clone troopers is pretty interesting i'll probably end up getting it because it appears to have some newly painted clone troopers and some b1 battle droids which is pretty neat uh the jedi interceptor although cool it is the one from revenge of the sith uh, it's going to be an impulse buy for sure but not something that i'm going to just go after I am not interested in the armored assault tank at all, except it does have an Ahsoka Tano with a clone trooper with her uh, painting on it, so that could be something interesting. Oh, it's tough. Um, the Knights of Ren ship is kind of a cop-out, to be honest with you. The scaling of it is kind of terrible. Uh, it comes with two Knights of Ren and Rey, which is stupid because not one time did they have any interaction in the rise of skywalker so although it is a cool looking ship i'm going to like if i could just get the two knights of ren figures i would be good with it but this would be a hard pass on that because i actually think that's a cash grab general grievous's ship i think it's come out before um Again, the only reason I'd get it is for the minifigures. I'm not really into General Grievous or anything that he has to offer, so I'm kind of out on that. 
I've had the AT-AT assault, you know, the, the armored tank before. It's massive. It's nearly 1,300 pieces. It's probably going to fetch an $140 price tag. Um, it has one, two, three, four minifigures I see. Um, there's some movable parts on the AT-AT, but outside of that, I've had one. They take up lots of space, and then they sit and do nothing. So I'm, I'm out. Uh, this I'm kind of interested in. It is the Death Star Final Duel. I never bought it on the first go-round, but I have been collecting these duels uh, since the sequel trilogy, and I'm waiting for the Death Star 2 in water um, battle, and I think this would be cool to have this against that one if it ever comes out, and this would go well with what I already have, so I'll probably end up buying this anyway. It comes with five minifigures, which is pretty cool. Uh, Palpatine's Vader, uh, Return of the Jedi Luke, and two uh, guards. And new ship, something not seen on film, I think. Uh, maybe only described in book form. It is the Resistance ITS Transport, and it's based and created for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And you know how I feel about Galaxy's Edge, so I'll probably end up being all over this because it's a cool looking ship it's kind of the mix of like a a u-wing engine breakdown with the front of a blockade runner so it's got some interesting features and it's it's definitely unique so it's probably something that i'll end up getting i kind of dig it and it's got four minifigures that will never be in another set ever so that's pretty cool and then of course the razor crest which is an immediate must buy comes with the mandalorian ig-11 a scout trooper, uh, uh, grief, and little baby Yota. Little baby Yota, so cute. Uh, so, yeah, so that's all the sets coming out in September 1. So I guess I'm going to have to save up some money, but I'll be 32 in September. So if anybody wants to donate 32 cents for the cause, I'm sure that will go right to the LEGO fund. So thanks for doing that. So LEGO Star Wars uh, Skywalker Saga coming out October 20th. Uh, and that's great. Speaking of games and staying in the gaming space, Aspire on June 16th announced, Attention! Star Wars Episode One Racer fans, we are slated to release on both Nintendo Switch and PS4 on June 23rd. That is tomorrow. Thank you for your continued support. Gifts and kind, com oh, gifts and kind comments as we've worked on the release. We'll see you on the racetracks. So I am probably going to end up buying that tomorrow uh, for the Switch, so can't wait to play that. Looking forward. Uh, I just had literally been 20 years since I've played that game on Nintendo 64, so that's awesome. And our final kind of uh, article, uh, something, I usually search out the word Star Wars in the news and see what pops up, and and I, I don't know if it's exactly Star Wars tech, but Lakewood Summer School plans face shields, masks, and, quote, Star Wars tech. So I did a control F <laughs> and went down to where they mentioned Star Wars. And when it I did that, it says the Board of Education approved the COVID-19 safety protocols during a special meeting held June 16th. So if you're not familiar with how schools are operating... The reopening of schools in America is kind of, this is going to be the wackiest year ever. If you don't know, I am a high school teacher. 
Uh, so I am very much involved and ingrained with the reopening of our own school with how they're going to be utilizing tech. And this was definitely discussed. This type of technology was certainly discussed. Um, I don't know if I would call it Star Wars tech. I think that's just a fantasy. That's actually a good word to fa fantasize about something. Like, this is a fantasy. Uh, the Board of Education in Lakewood approved the COVID-19 safety protocols. These include the installation of 10, count them, must be a big district, 10 temperature kiosks, the so-called Star Wars technology component, which will be provided by TGI Office Automation. These temperature kiosks will scan each staff member and visitor's face and determine if they have a high temperature before going into the building. The process will take two seconds and the kiosk will grant access into the building by displaying a green light or deny it with a red light. These kiosks, including installation, shipping, and service, will cost the district $42,000. Are you kidding me? Ten? Well, I guess that's not so bad. It's 4000 you know, 4100 but no, 4020 per kiosk to install. Uh, I guess it's interesting. I know we have thought about thermal scanning, and, you know, we only have, like, one or two points of entry. So, you know, we don't have 10 points of entry as this was, you know, thinking about it. But, you know, this here's what you do. If you don't feel good, don't go to work, don't go to school. If you have a temperature in the morning, don't go to work, don't go to school. Schools and businesses will have to put this in place to make sure that they are keeping the people who are not sick safe. Uh, is this worth the investment? Maybe. Is it Star Wars tech? No. Infrared technology has been around for a long time. And not even a long time ago in a galaxy far away. Just in general, a long time. It's called a thermometer. You put it up to your head, you, you, you swipe it across, you either have a temperature or you don't. So I think it's an exaggeration, but it is kind of interesting because it's not really star wars related but it's school related and it has something to do with technology so i dig it so with that as we cover our legos for september and our episode one racer and some interesting infrared technology in schools that ends our hyperspace spot for episode 24 hope you enjoyed it let me know uh, if there's something that interests you, if you want to cover it on the podcast, I'm always open for collaboration. So let's uh, dial down the hyperdrive as we go into cruise mode to tackle the next segment. This is Reading the Stars. It's been a while since we've read the stars, as they would say. Reading ha has been a, a almost a premium in this household with COVID happening. It is very hard to sit down and read books here uh, in the house. And the last book I think I read was um, the expanded novel of Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. But before... I started The Rise of Skywalker. I started a book called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, A Crash of Fate, written by Zareda Cordova. And 
it is a teen novel, I think officially. Um, I don't think it's considered adult in the in the category here. I don't remember. I think I got this in Barnes and Nobles, and I think it was in the teen section. Uh, I finally finished it. I liked the uh, format of this book. It was from the perspective of two different characters, and oftentimes those perspectives intertwined, so you got to hear the headspace talk of one character, and you got to hear the headspace talk of another character, and as they sort of, uh, you know, chatted on through, we may have gotten, say, you know, inner dialogue that you wouldn't have gotten if it was just from a third person point of view so i thought that was really cool um so in a crash of fate here is the summary uh, reunited at the edge of the galaxy this is 100 percent a a bid for galaxy's edge by the way and if you haven't been to galaxy's edge and a lot of what is in this book falls on deaf ears but since i've been to galaxy's edge and uh, what they mention makes a lot of sense because all of the elements of this book sort of wrap around that town. So Izzy and Jules were childhood best friends, climbing the spires of Batu, inventing silly games and dreaming of adventures they would share one day. Then Izzy's family left abruptly without even a chance to say goodbye. Izzy is a girl and Jules is a boy. Izzy's life became one of constant motion from one world to the next until her parents were killed and she became a low-level smuggler to make ends meet. Jules remained on Batu, eventually becoming a farmer like his father, but always yearning for something more. Now, 13 years after she left, Izzy has returned to Batu. She's been hired to deliver a mysterious parcel and she just wants to finish the job and get gone. But upon arrival at Black Spire Outpost, she runs smack into the one person who still means something to her after all this time, Jules. And the attraction between them is instant and overwhelming. Yet despite Jules seeming to be everything she's ever needed, Izzy hesitates. How can she drag such a good-hearted man into the perilous life she's chosen? Jules has been unsure what his future holds, and now all he knows for certain is that he wants to be with Izzy. How can he convince her to take a chance on someone who's never left the safety of his homeworld? When Izzy's job goes wrong, the two childhood friends find themselves on the run, and all their secrets will be revealed as they fight to stay alive. So we have Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and if you didn't catch like the romantic side of this novel, uh, right, uh, you know this 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 reeks of teen romance. So I wrote. Very, very short, abridged, abrupt review and summary of this book. And, you know, toward the end, it certainly kept my interest. Um, I'm, a li <laughs> I'm a little old for the teen romance novel. I'm going to admit that. Uh, so a lot of the heavier language in this book I wasn't really into. Uh, but let me just take you through my thoughts that I wrote down before I go into my strange sidebars. A crash of fate takes place over the course of one day on Batu. There are some mentions of the Resistance and First Order, but this is a truly standalone story. 
Izzy and Jules, past friends reunited by chance to long-lost lovers. After a delivery gone wrong, Jules and Izzy find themselves amidst a plot to destroy a farm and kill off one of the main ingredients that sustains Batu. This was a very romantic book. It reminded me of Twilight, if I had to be honest. And yes, I did read Twilight. It had a language and style that spoke volumes to a teenage soul. It was not exactly my cup of tea, but I appreciated the original story. At the end, it seems like the Battle of Batu is occurring, and Jules and Izzy may join up with the Resistance, which means that Vi Moratti, of the last book we read, Black Spire Outpost, was likely there at the same time. So this is just a microcosm, a, a blip on the Star Wars universe can, canonical timeline of events. But what I sort of dug about it is that it didn't lean on characters we knew. It leaned on a place that we knew. Uh, this book could have either went, you know, I, obviously I stopped reading it and kind of forgot about it. And then picked it up and sort of, I, there wasn't a time where I was struggling through it. It was more of like, a, I'm really tired and I'm, I'm trying to get energized. But towards the end where it started to pick up with the, the conflict and we started to see, say, you know, Izzy and Jules's relationship blossoming, you know, the book definitely picked up in pace. But what I forgot, because it was so such a long time between reading chapters was that this really does take place in a singular day, and it's so hard to write a novel for a singular day. I mean, she lands on the planet in the morning, and they get themselves into trouble within, like, a 12-hour time period. Uh, and, and all within that, we have, like, whispers of the Resistance and First Order, so it's pretty amazing uh, to see. It. Yeah, just an original story. So I give Zareda Cordova credit, for coming up with that original story. I don't think we'll see Jules or Izzy on the big screen at any time. I don't think we'll hear mention of their ship at any time. Uh, but what it comes down to is that Star Wars needs to crash through the ceiling of original characters that we knew and fell in love with and, and explore into these unknown regions. And I appreciate the work that went into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's not a top 10 book for me. Uh, but it's it's an interesting book. It's definitely a nice reach out to the teen novel. Um, it sort of sits uh, on the shelf right next to Claudia Gray's Lost Stars. Uh, Lost Stars, uh, you know, sort of kind of was a, a romantic novel that sat in the original trilogy era. So it kind of reminded me of that book. And for the most part, I sort of dig it, you know, so... A Crash of Fate, Zareda Cordova, pick it up if you're into sort of uh, teen, uh, teen drama, <laughs> both from the male and female perspective, uh, then it's certainly something for you. Uh, so definitely check that out. Moving on and sort of, this will be an interesting part of the segment, but Charles Soule, who's the author of the new book coming out in January, it was pushed back, Light of the Jedi, of Star Wars The High Republic, of Project Luminous, of the huge news that we covered on the, the Twitch stream and the podcast many, many, many moons ago, 
has dropped the entire first chapter of the book. So we're going to read the article first, and then I'll probably pause uh, the podcast and then sort of record as I'm reading it. Um, and I'm not going to read it out loud because I don't want to do that, but I want to sort of give some reactions to the book as I go through it. So we'll see how that works out. Prepare to take your first step into a new era of Star Wars. Set 200 years before the events of the Skywalker saga, the High Republic finds the Jedi at their peak as they watch over the galaxy during a time of peace. But it's not long before that peace is disturbed by a devastating incident and the Knights of the Jedi Order must spring into action. The first novel to explore the era in Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. We are excited to exclusively debut the first chapter of the upcoming book out January 5th by publisher Del Rey. And I did pre-order it. Soul offered us some insight on the explosive events of the opening chapter, but if you'd rather go in blind, skip down to the excerpt now and read what he had to say afterward. And that's probably what we'll do. So the segment, again, will be a little fragmented, but let's get on into chapter one of Light of the Jedi. So I'll read the opening lines of this just to kind of place us in that mode. Star Wars The High Republic Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. The Force is with the galaxy. It is the time of the High Republic, a peaceful union of like-minded worlds where all voices are heard and governance is achieved through consensus, not coercion or fear. It is a time of ambition, of culture, of inclusion, of great works, capital G, capital W. Visionary Chancellor Lena So leads the Republic from the elegant city world of Coruscant, located near the bright center of the galactic core. But beyond the core and its many peaceful colonies, there is the Rim, inner, mid, and finally at the border of what is known the Outer Rim. These worlds are filled with opportunity for those brave enough to travel the few well-mapped hyperspace lanes leading them uh, uh, though there is danger as well. The Outer Rim is a haven for anyone seeking to escape the laws of the Republic, and it is filled with predators of every type. Chancellor So has pledged to bring the Outer Rim worlds into the embrace of the Republic through ambitious outreach programs such as the Starlight Beacon. Order and justice are maintained on the galactic frontier by Jedi Knights, Guardians, of peace who have mastered incredible abilities stemming from a mysterious energy field known as the force the jedi work closely with the republic and have agreed to establish outposts in the outer rim to help any uh, to help any who might require aid the jedi of the frontier can be the only resource for people with nowhere else to turn though the outposts operate independently and without direct assistance from the great jedi temple in coruscant they act as an effective deterrent for those who would do evil in the dark Few can stand against the Knights of the Jedi Order, but there are always those who will try. So we get a little prologue into the, uh, into the Light of the Jedi. We get a well-established world. We get what's happening in the galaxy. And what's cool about this is that it sort of reminds me of the prologue before A New Hope in the novel version because honestly Star Wars just opens up with three sentences and bang we're thrown into this conflict and boom 1978 bang millions of dollars later and we're at the High Republic so I do like that they're setting up uh, quite the atmosphere here so we are going to go ahead and read 
the rest of chapter one. And it is a little lengthy, so I'm not going to read it out loud, but I will give you uh, a play-by-play toward the end. So chapter one, hyperspace, the legacy run, three hours to impact, all is well. All right, we're uh, making our way. <laughs> we're making our way through this uh, chapter real quick and uh, introducing Captain Hedda Kisat. Uh, appears to be she's been flying for four decades. That's forty years. So I would say she's in her fifties or sixties. Um, she flies a a <clears throat> some kind of transport ship that is modular. Uh, she was in the military. She is very disciplined. She runs a tight ship. Her ship is called the Legacy Run. They're on their way to somewhere. It's sort of just talking. It's again. It's just. It's a lot of um, uh, introdu- introducing of ideas and stuff like that. Uh, so we're continuing on. It's about to talk about more of the Legacy Run and um, where it's going in the story. So let's see where it goes. So this is an interesting tidbit about hyperspace. Even the road to get out here is tricky, Hedda thought, her gaze drawn by the swirl of hyperspace outside the large porthole she happened to be passing. She snapped her eyes away, knowing she could end up standing there for 20 minutes if she let herself get sucked in. You couldn't trust hyperspace. It was useful, sure. It got you from here to there. It was the key to the expansion of the Republic out from the core, but no one really understood it. If your Navidroid miscalculated the coordinates even a little, you could end up off the marked route, the main road through whatever hyperspace actually was, and then you'd be on a dark path leading to who knew where. It happened even in the well-traveled hyperlanes near the Galactic Center and out here, where the prospectors had barely mapped out any routes. Well, it was something you had to keep an eye on. So it's so funny because we see... You know, in our storylines, like rinky-dinky ships hitting the hyperspace without a problem. And then only 200 years prior, we're getting like, you know, hyperspace is kind of wacky and and probably shouldn't trust it. So that's an interesting take on a hyperspace track. So as we continue our journey in the Legacy Run, they talk about some of the people on board. So uh, it's very interesting. Um she took a moment to take stock of this group. 20 people or so of all ages from a number of worlds, humans, of course, but also a few scale-skinned Trandoshans, a family of Bith, and even an Ortolan, blue skin and long snout, and the big ponderous flaps protruding from the side of its head. You didn't see many of those around, but no matter their planet of origin, they were all just ordinary people, biding time until their new lives could begin. Does not not speak the truth to what we're going through right now in today's social society that we're all just people. We all should be treated the same. Nice commentary about the current state of the Republic. Chancellor So's Republic wasn't perfect. No government was or ever could be, but it was a system that gave people room to dream. No, even better, it encouraged dreams, big and small. The Republic had its flaws, but all things considered, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Very cool. Katang, 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 alarms blaring on the bridge as she made her way back. Report she barks at, alarm generated by the Navicomputer. Captain, there's something in the hyperlane dead ahead. Big 
impact in 10 seconds. She knew this situation was impossible. The lanes were selected because they were free of potential debris. Their clarity calculated down to a meter of resolution. Any granules missed would be detected and evaded by the shipboard Navidroids. Making adjustments along the vector light speed collisions along established lanes were mathematical absurdities. She also knew that even though it was impossible, it was happening and that 10 seconds was no time at all at speeds like the Legacy run was traveling. You can't trust hyperspace, she thought. Hedda Cassett tapped two buttons on her command console. Brace yourselves, she said, her voice calm. I'm taking control. Two piloting sticks snapped up from... Uh, snapped out, out from the armrest of her captain's chair and had a grasp of them, one in each hand. She spared herself the time for one breath, and then she flew. Whoa. Big time stuff happening. The tiniest tweak of the left control stick and a larger rotation of the right, and the legacy run moved. More than it wanted to, but not less than she believed it could, and the huge freighter slipped past the obstacle in their path. The thing shooting past their hole so close, Hedda was sure she felt its passing ruffle. Her hair, despite the many layers of metal and shielding between them, but they were alive. No impact. The ship was alive. So she's maneuvering, and uh, she got she gets to a point where the ship is not responding. She's feeling that it's getting stressed out. Uh, she hoped the children had gone to their families when the alarm sounded. She didn't know. She just didn't know. Had a locked eyes with her first officer who was staring at her, knowing what was about to happen. He saluted. Captain, it's been on the bridge ripped open. Hedda Cassett died, not knowing if she had saved anyone at all. And that ends chapter one. And holy S balls. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. This new era. Oh, let's, let's just take a moment. This new era of Star Wars storytelling is already dynamic. I didn't even know this captain, and I came to uh, like her a lot, and I am sad she is gone. In just a few words, amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. I can't, I can't believe it. That's that's awesome. Oh my God, January is six months away. This is unbelievable. We gotta wait for the rest of this story. Man, I I implore you, go to IGN.com and read the rest of the chapter. It is good stuff, but that is just fantastic. Thank you, Charles Soul, for releasing that in Del Rey Books. But uh, Del Rey Star Wars did release a tweet. Hope you enjoyed a look at Light of the Jedi and the High Republic. January is a ways away, but before we get there, we've got Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall. I have yet to read the first Alphabet Squadron. I imagine... I'm taking a short hiatus away from Star Wars books, and I am reading the prequel to The Hunger Games. Uh, I'm really liking it, if you were wondering. Uh, but I think that after that, I will end up reading Alphabet Squadron and then Shadowfall, because uh, I know they're going to tie into the Squadron's game. So I've got a few months to tackle both of those books before October. Dr. Aphra's uh, audiobook that's coming out. Going to definitely get that. Thrawn Ascendancy, must buy. And from a certain point of view, strikes back. Probably it's not something I'm too excited for, but I'll end up getting it anyway. So we've got a lot of stories to cover in the next few months of the podcast, and I'm excited to bring them to you. But 
without further ado, that sort of ends our podcast adventure this week, folks. Like I said, it was going to be a short and sweet episode. The podcast opened up with some news about the Lego Star Wars sets and how it was going to connect to the Skywalker saga. We then talked about episode one, which should be coming out at the recording of this podcast in 30 minutes. I'm actually going to probably try to buy it tonight on June 22nd. Uh, we then talked about the Star Wars tech with infrared in schools, whatever that means. We covered Star Wars Galaxy's Edges, A Crash of Fate, in our Reading the Stars segment, and then ended with the first chapter of Light of the Jedi, which was very exciting in my opinion. But all good things must come to an end. Thank you for listening in on episode 24 of Star Wars by the MRC Tech. It's been a pleasure serving you. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Drop a like on a post every once in a while. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. 63 subscribers, I think, or something like that. Pretty pathetic. But hopefully we can gain some of that. And thank you to any new listener for continuing to uh, come on back to the show week in and week out. It's a great to have you. Make sure you say hello so I know who you are. If you feel so inclined, drop a review on Apple. That's very helpful. We've had a few new reviews come in, all five star. And I appreciate that feedback. That's great. Um, a new project we're developing outside of the Star Wars by MRC Tech podcast. It's going to be in podcast form, but it's going to be of a different topic. So stay tuned for that. I'm working out some logistics with that. I'm hoping to, uh, you know, not put it on the under the same subscription channel, but to start a brand new sort of podcast channel. So uh, should be very very curious. But uh, as they say in a galaxy far far away, thank you for listening, and may the force be with you. Star Wars by MRC Tech, created by Sean, found on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, can be streamed from mrctechllc.com. Follow Sean and MRC Tech on all the socials. Search out MRC Tech and you will surely find them. Catch all the exciting Star Wars action in a podcast form. But don't forget, MRC Tech also streams content like games and Lego builds and is also a tech specialist. Reach out if you ever need help. Music provided by Incompetech, the Baltic House Orchestra, Pandemics, and ChillHop.com. Copyrighted 2020. Cheers, and may the Force be with you.